Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good? What's good? It's your boy, Toby. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I'm sitting with Toby whose new album, L'Esprit, is out on Magnetic Moon Records, which is the label from Rob Garza of Thievery Corporation. We have a really interesting discussion about what genres mean and, and what it's like for a new artist coming up today who's creating without genre as a guardrail. He's, he's a rapper, he's a rock musician, singer-songwriter, uh, all of that, and, and it's interesting to hear him talk about how he puts all that together and where he draws those lines. Um, we also talk about the upside and downside of the vulnerability and openness that's expected from, from artists and creators today. And that's definitely a big part of his music. Some of the challenges that go along with that. Um, and we talk about his process for learning how to collaborate with his team and what things to let go of. It's a great conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's get into it right now. happy to connect you to I'm, I've been learning about your music and following what you're doing looks like you got some really exciting things happening so I'm excited to, to dig into it with you hell yeah hell yeah and thank you I appreciate it yeah for sure so um I always I always want to start at the beginning uh do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself Ooh. <laughs> oh man yeah it was it was it's between two it's either uh now that's what i call music 19 okay yeah i remember it very very well i was listening to it uh what, on, what, what's on what's on volume 19 oh man they had they had the this like really like sentimental black eyed Peas song where's the love okay where is the love? yeah it had that one i think it had feel good ink on it um two okay. i'm pretty sure so that was my first intro to the killers it's um, a good record great record great record um and i mean i'm blanking on i think it had like some jt on there too i, I don't remember it super well but those three always stood out because i'd play mm-hmm. them on loop um nice i also had the spongebob SquarePants uh movie cd which i think okay. bought for me i didn't buy it with my own money but like when that movie came out like i had that cd and <laughs> it was kind of tight it had like the shins on it like i okay. think the strokes did a song um but wow. pick take your pick which one you'll use <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i mean i remember when that when that now compilation started i was actually uh so a couple of friends of mine that started that series and um you know at the time i mean that's you know that's going back when compilations were such a big part of our 
our culture and how people discovered music, right? And, and uh, you know, we didn't, you know, for a lot of people, if, especially if you weren't familiar with the genre or whatever, right? Like you're learning about it through these compilations or you knew, you know, you knew once that you knew the Justin Timberlake song on there and then it introduced you to a whole bunch of new things and all that. And um, it's, it's interesting that, that, you know, think about that, that the, the role the compilations played back, back in the day. It was very, it was very introductory. So like, yeah, like you said, like it, it kind of like inspired me or nudged me to, to um, explore discographies. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, like uh, I found one song that I liked, I didn't end up like going down the black eyed peas rabbit hole. I'll admit, but gorillas definitely. Um, okay. So yeah, it, it, it made me think about like how artists, you know, sometimes you only get one chance to grab a listener's ear with one song. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to build your category or, or, or your catalog rather? Um, so that when they check you out, they'll like everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. No, that's really interesting. And, and uh, so, so that kind of set you on your journey. How did you, how'd you start making music? What was your first time on the mic? Oh, on the mic. I mean, I, I, I was, I was doing the regular thing. I, I played piano when I was a kid. I was in right. a couple of bands in middle school, high school. Uh, I, I used to play the drums actually. Mm. Um, I picked up the mic when I was in high school and there was this kid who went to a different school who was like rapping, rapping, like, like he, he really wanted to be like a rapper, but uh, I didn't like his songs. And I was kind of a goofball. So like I wrote diss records. At the okay. I was, and I didn't even know him. Thinking back, it was really mean. It was really mean. It was like this kid with a dream. And I'm like, I'm going to shit on your dream. And I'm going <laughs> to prove that rapping is easy. I've never right? done it before. So I did that. And we went back and forth. It was a cute little thing. Like people got involved and excited. It's like, oh, when are you going to drop the next diss thing? Um, but I think in the middle of that, I realized I really loved it. It, it combined like all the poetry and writing and, and literature stuff that I'm super into and mm-hmm. gave it kind of like a musical outlet. So. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting that, uh, you know, this culture, you know, battle culture is such a big part of hip hop. I think in, in some ways it's, um, you know, I think in some ways it's what's driven hip hop to be so dominant uh, is that people are always trying to outdo each other in a way that's that's a little bit different than other genres. I think, you know, there were quiet rivalries more so in, in rock or jazz or whatever, right? But this is like two people really going at each other. Um, and it And I think, you know, there's, we've documented the downside to that, but there's also, I think, an upside to that, right? That it pushes people to, to do better and to evolve and progress in the art. Um, I wonder if there's any specific lessons you took from that experience, other than maybe like, I don't have to, you know, leave this kid alone. Uh, he's just trying to do his thing. <laughs> um, I mean, eventually, eventually we, we, um, I think we buried the hatchet. I'm not, I'm not sure. It was, it was easily over 10 years ago, but I feel like there came a point where me and him talked it out. And it was like, Hey, this is fun and quirky, but like, I'm serious about this. And it seems like you're serious about this. So like, I wish you the best. Um, I think the main takeaway was 
I needed to get better fast. I, I think in using him as kind of like the animus for, for my creativity, I realized that the person I'm in direct competition with really is myself. Mm. So rather than try to beat somebody else, I need to beat like who I was yesterday and write sure. hard bars or more, more introspective shit. Like just like constantly challenge myself. I fell in love with the, with the challenge aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a big lesson. If you can get that at, at that stage in your career, uh, that's huge. Um, so how do you use that now? How do you, how do you challenge yourself now? What, what does that look like? Sure. I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm not going to say like I've mastered rapping, but uh, in rapping for as long as I've been rapping uh, 10 years, I I feel like there's just more that piques my interest now. Like I got really into singing and melody. I'm picking up instruments. I don't know if you see the guitar mm -hmm. there, but um, now I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on being a well-rounded musician. You know, rap rap was a tool in the in the toolbox in an arsenal and something that I love and it's something that I'm always going to incorporate and do. But I think just like staying true to my artistry and staying honest about like my my inclinations that's involving more melodic elements, voice voice training, uh, uh, just like listening to different singers that I'm discovering and also loved in the past and seeing what works for them and applying it. Um, I think the challenge now is just more growth, more sure. expanded growth. Is that, I mean, I think there's a generational thing, you know, the, the, the generation that I came from, you know, rappers were rappers. They were not musicians. They didn't, you know, most of them, some exceptions, but most of them didn't consider themselves musicians in that same way. And it, and it was actually, you know, it's at some phases, it was actually looked down upon, like if you were too musical, right? Right. Um, obviously all that's gone now um but i wonder for you like was there a was there any tension in that decision was there a moment when you're like am i a rapper am i a musician do, do i have to give something up in order to make that change oh like or is, like that, or is that just all behind us in culture um so so that's a really good point i mean especially when I started rapping, like 20, 2011, 2012, 2013, I had this purest, you know, mm -hmm. mindset. I was very like, I, I told myself, I was like 17. I was like, I'm not writing hooks. Like it's about right. the bars, 64 yeah. bar verses. Like that's, all <laughs> that's, that's what's true to me. That's true hip hop to me. That's right. You know? um, and I think really what, what helped me break out of that mentality was just exposure to different things, like finding that I was getting grumpy a lot of the times. And, and if I just like stopped, zoomed out and, and learned what to appreciate about different styles of music, I'd be benefiting myself more than just staying in a rut. Because especially at the time there was, I was surrounded by better rappers. I was surrounded by people who had been doing it for years longer than I, I had. So trying to keep up with them and trying to to constantly subjugate myself to their metric was just making myself frustrated. So I think um, early on, I, I I kind of ingrained in myself like, no, if you want to be good or or better or the best, you have to be you have to set yourself apart, and you need to you need to be more open to experimentation and 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 
you know, diversifying because if you try to do it like anybody other than yourself, you're going to, you're going to lose and you're going to feel bad. Hey guys, support our show by supporting our newest advertiser, Apple card. It's time to reboot your credit card with Apple card. Apple card gives you up to 3% daily cash back on everything you buy. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Use it to grab a morning coffee or pay back a friend. Plus there isn't a single fee. Apply now in the wallet app on your iPhone and start using it right away. Subject to credit approval, daily cash is available via an Apple Cash card or as a statement credit. See Apple Card customer agreement for terms and conditions. Apple Cash card is issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Variable APRs range from 13.24% to 24.24% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of August 1st, 2022. So when you're in that purist phase, who are you listening to? What were, what were some of your big influences? And was there someone who stands out to you as an influence as you were kind of moving out of that phase that like oh, inspired yeah. you? To- yeah, I mean, um, when I discovered hip hop, I, I discovered hip hop uh, with a best friend of mine at the time. He was just feeding me MF Doom. He was feeding me... Uh, most deaf Nas. I was listening to Illmatic just like on loop in high school. Um, I discovered early Kanye, early Jay a little bit afterwards. And Kanye, obviously, he was kind of towing the gap and 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 being a yeah. little more experimental with with the singing and whatnot. Um, but I think it was around uh, when I found Childish Gambino. Mm. He was he was someone. And I, I'll admit, like, his early stuff was rough. But at the time, he was saying things and doing things that I didn't think you could get away with, yeah, you know? Yeah. And he was being yeah. really, really open and really, really expressive and and really, really, like, vulnerable, too. Like, he was doing a lot of vulnerable music. Um, so I think falling in love with that and falling in love with just, like, that, that understanding of artistry Mm-hmm. Um, on top of the fact that he was doing, you know, everything else with the acting and the writing and whatnot. Um, there was a lot of admiration there and there was a lot of like inspiration there. So that mm-hmm. was, that was, that was probably a time where I was like, no, nah, I gotta, it's okay to branch out and it's okay to set yourself apart and, and, and carve out your own lane. That's not going to look like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to make this all about our age difference, but I do think like, you know, that's such an interesting, you know, change in hip hop. Uh, I think in culture, you know, in society, right. But, but specifically in hip hop is that idea of vulnerability, which, you know, for, for my generation and, and, you know, all of early hip hop, that was, it was not on the table. Round upon, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And and I think, you know, to some I've talked about it on this show before. I think to some extent, we weren't even aware of it just as humans, right? We weren't, you know, I'm growing up in the 80s, you know, I never woke up feeling like, oh, I'm sad, but I can't tell anybody I'm sad. You're just not even in tune with that going on in yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, I think it it is definitely part of a bigger change, but also it helped to bring on that change, right? Because when, when Kanye, when Gambino, when, you know, famous people are, are expressing those types of emotions that becomes comfortable for everybody else. Right. And that's, that's part of the, the power of music. Um, I'll, and, and, and obviously if we look at where we are now, you know, in 
society and music, that's all opened up, right? And we can be, you know, artists can be gay or straight or, or you know, uh, uh, you know, don't have to follow any rules, frankly. Yeah, they could just be how, honest. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, is there a downside to all that, if, you know, now and you're, as you're making music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that just because uh, I have made the conscious decision to talk about myself in a way that's a little more open or personal, um, it doesn't give them the the right or the inclination to familiarize themselves with me personally mm. like you can familiarize yourself with the experience because i don't i believe in unity through specificity i think the more specific you can be about something sure um, the, the higher the the likelihood that you'll strike or resonate with someone more deeply you know mm. like we're not mm. all that different you know we all go to we we know all go to burger king or whatever like like there's like right. very specific things about our, our our lives like the minutia of our lives that um we can all relate to but um when you do stuff like that and you and you resonate like that um some people can't take it for what it is and and they 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 align themselves more with who you are or who or a version of themselves that they've created in their minds of who you are and and um for lack of a better word they just like feel like they know you better than they actually do because you know like what i'm choosing to put in, in my music is what i'm choosing to put in my music you know there's things i'm holding back there's things that i'm not saying there's thing there's there's details i'm leaving out i'm, I'm still writing a story i'm still trying to make engaging content um but i think when it's when it's you know, a little more peeled back than like surface level. I got cars, I got money, I got et cetera, which is, I love that type of music. I love it. Um, but I, I don't know how to make it, it, you know, like that's just not my artistry. Um, okay. So when I, when I do the things I do, it, it, it hits. And sometimes it hits people in a way that makes them feel like they, they know me better than they actually do, you know? And it's not a huge downside, but it's something sure. that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the challenge of all, anybody that's in the public eye right now, right, is, is you know, the veil to some extent has been lifted. We expect to have access to our, you know, celebrities, entertainers, influencers 24-7. We expect to have this kind of like intimate relationship with them, uh, which is good and bad, right? There's, you know, you could probably profit off that in, in certain ways that uh, maybe people haven't been able to in the past, but also, uh, yeah, I totally get the downside to that of, you know, of having to always be on and having people feel like they know your life and they can, they can insert themselves into it whenever they want. Right. Yeah. It, it gets, it gets uh, a little overwhelming at times. I'm learning to manage it, but, but, it happens, you know, like, like the, I, I have to remember that not everybody makes music and not everybody gets it. Sure. So, so when it hits them differently, I can't fault them for that because just like my background is different and my, yeah. you know, the way I move is different. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of how, you know, how this became a career for you, like, cause you're, you're in school, you're playing music, you're battling this dude, whatever. Um, was there a moment 
when when you you know things something broke through or you started to feel like okay this is this is now a career and was there like a plan come together or is it just like one foot in front of the other um i would say the latter honestly i i i tried different things i come from a very traditional family so they really wanted me to have like a job um mm -hmm. so what, like, what kind of what was the job i mean my mom always says i could have been like a lawyer Okay. She was like really sad that I didn't want to do that. Um, okay. and I'm like, and I, I I don't blame her. She just wanted me to have stability, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah of course. So she that's the whole story. Um, but but I think when I realized what I wanted to do, um, and and how I wanted to do it, I just like deluded myself to thinking that there was nothing else that I could do like like mm -hmm. I just told myself like look like nothing else makes you happy like literally nothing else makes you happy and not and not right. just like music but just like creativity and and executing on my own terms and and like writing and and you know creating worlds and creating universes and having music be a part of those universes like nothing mm -hmm. nothing else makes me happy nothing else fulfills me um so I never so saw the, that, the cliff. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, oh, I'm wondering, is, is that really delusion or, or is it necessary? Like I sometimes feel like, um, you know, being creative for a living is, is hard, right? And there's so many pitfalls and so many roadblocks. Um, that I think if you can really uh, uh, picture yourself doing something else, you probably should. That's an interesting take. Um, I think, I think, and this is a little fucked up, but I think it's delusion only if it doesn't work. Mm. You know, I, okay. I, I it, it's, it's the, it's the paradox of perpetual energy. You know, it's a self-sustaining thing. I think, um, in at least for me, I honestly do know and understand that the things I want are well within my grasp. Like I just need, I like the same way a doctor goes through eight years of schooling to become a doctor. Like I'd have to put in my time and hours. I just don't know how many they are. You know, right. it's a sure. matter of time for me. I just need to keep doing it. And the second I feel like I don't want to do it or I can't do it is when the realization will set in that like, oh, hey, you deluded yourself mm. for X amount of time into thinking that this was you or, or thinking that this was what you were supposed to be. But until mm. that day comes, which I don't mm. think it ever will, I'm living in a I'm living in a reality as opposed to a delusion. OK, I like that. Um, so what what was the song? Was there a song that, that you put out that really connected and, and got, you know, made you feel like like that was a reality, not a delusion? Yeah, actually, um, it was it was kind of like in the midst of my like battle back and forth with this kid. Uh, I went through like a bad breakup um, and just like found out like a lot of stuff uh, mm -hmm. during that breakup. And I rapped over little things by lily allen like the like the like the 
indie song, like the pop song. Mm -hmm. I just like found an instrumental and I wrote a song over it. And um, I, I kind of did it all in one day. My engineer was cool enough to just let me go in and do my thing. And my friends told me that when they heard it, they started crying because they didn't know what I was going through with all of that. And they, and like the way I worded everything and, and the way that like, I like put those raw feelings because it was literally like the day of or the day after or whatever, those raw feelings into music mm-hmm. um, and got that reaction. I was like, oh shit, this is more powerful. Like this isn't a joke. Like this isn't something that's like, it can be fun, but but I'm fucking with like serious there are serious forces at play. Um, so I think that like realization and that, and that maturity kind of set in and was like, Oh, okay. Like not only is there more to this, but you may be more tethered to it than you even realize. So like keep exploring that and and keep seeing how far that's going to take you because there's power here. Like you have something that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Um, Let's talk about the, the new project. So you have an album, L'Esprit. Yep. Um, and I thought it's really interesting that this is so, if I understand it's on Magnetic Moon Records, which yeah, is uh, Rob Garza from Thievery Corporation, it's his label. Um, so tell me about that. I'm, I'm a huge Thievery fan. I actually have uh, Eric Hilton coming up in a couple of weeks on, on oh, the sweet. show as well. Um, and I've, you know, been, Loving those guys from day one. Um, so I was excited to see that. And, and I'm curious, you know, what it means being a rapper, although I know you're more than that. Um, but, uh, but you know, tell me about the experience of working with Rob, on being on his label, on kind of what that means for, for your career and what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, Rob's the homie, first and foremost. I, I got to shout him out. Um, he, he, he's helped me more than I think he'll ever realize just like from the time he found me and up until now, like we've been super tight. Uh, and he's a friend too. Like he let me stay with him when I went up to San Francisco. Like he's, nice. he's, he's a buddy for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, working with him has been great. Working with the label has been great. They're, they're invested. Um, and you know, like they saw a talent in me that I feel like for, a while I, I had to kind of struggle to prove to people just because the mm. industry saturated and you know sure. a rapper here is a rapper there but they really they really understood what I was going for they understood what I wanted to achieve like I think mm-hmm. my goals were you know something that they that they could get down with and yeah it's been it's been pretty smooth like Rob really cares uh he, he actually texted me the other day he's he was giving me a congrats and he said we're gonna you know, hang out when he gets back or something nice. yeah no he's he's a good friend and the label's filled with good really talented people so no complaints was there, was there something you said he he kind of found you or, or uh you know learned about you was there something you did to get oh, yeah. on his radar were you were you so, so yeah i mean the story basically is he works very closely with um the producers of my album smile mm-hmm. um my best friends i've known ruben there's a, du- a producer duo i've known one of them for over 20 years and i've known the other one for 10 and he was my first producer engineer 
Um, right. So there's blood there, like we're, we're family. So he was working closely with them. He was always going over to the studio, which I was working out of as well. Um, mm. You know, kind of rubbing elbows. We'd order pizza, talk and stuff. I got to listen to early Garza demos um, nice. and just like chat and, and, and get cool. And then he was playing a festival uh, down in Mexico that got, I got invited to tag along with. And uh, the whole car ride there, uh, he was just like, we hang out all the time. I don't know your deal. Like, what's what's mm-hmm. good? Like, what what are you up to? I showed him some mm-hmm. demos, kind of told him my whole story. And he's like, this is this is tight. Give me a couple days. And true enough, true to his word, we get back to L.A. after the after the festival. And he's got this whole operation set up. I'm having meetings with with people that he's starting to label with. I'm showing nice. them stuff like one thing led to another that's cool yeah hey guys support our show by supporting our newest advertiser apple card it's time to reboot your credit card with apple card apple card gives you up to three percent daily cash back on everything you buy it's real cash that never expires or loses value use it to grab a morning coffee or pay back a friend plus there isn't a single fee apply now in the wallet app on your iphone and start using it right away Subject to credit approval, daily cash is available via an Apple Cash card or as a statement credit. See Apple Card customer agreement for terms and conditions. Apple Cash card is issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Variable APRs range from 13.24% to 24.24% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of August 1st, 2022. So far, I guess, you know, it's still a fairly early relationship. what have you learned from him so far? I mean, he's a guy who's kind of, to your point, he's built a career and a, and a life in music uh, that, you know, few people have done in terms of the longevity. Um, so what, what, are you, what are you learning from him so far? Oh, um, first and foremost, everything you do has got to be cool. Because <laughs> he's a cool dude. He, he yeah. just real snappy and, and he's got like cool vibes to him so uh yeah i mean i mean presentation is important i think that's something that i i kind of forewent because i was so focused on the creation creativity but presentation okay. is definitely important um yeah. i've learned that like collaboration over over anything is is necessary like mm-hmm. You can try to do it all on your own, but at the end of the day, someone's gonna need to touch what you're what you're what you're working on. Um, and just like prioritizing and valuing your relationships, you know, I think keeping those solid is, mm-hmm. is definitely, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. And it's also just like better long run. Sure. Nice. Um, just thinking about the the role that labels play, right? So you know, seeing an artist signed to Magnetic Moon as opposed to Def Jam or Cash Money or, right, like tells you something maybe about the artist or, uh, uh, so I guess what what is the, like how is that impacting where you're heading as an artist? Well, it's definitely, um there's a leverage there. I can't, I can't deny that being a signed artist as opposed to being an unsigned artist. Sure. It comes with different, comes with different perks and benefits. Um, the, I love that they're, they're boutique and I love that, that 
you know, I'm a priority, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know mm -hmm. if I'd get the same sort of eyes and attention over at Def Jam, uh, not sure. to knock Def Jam, but they're, they're interested in development. They're interested in building the story, you know, and, and starting from the ground up and, mm -hmm. and doing what it takes to like, actually like, you know, put a newer artist on as opposed to like, you should be famous already. You don't have 30 million TikToks, something, something, right. something. Like they're, they're willing to do the work. So nice. it's, it's, it's a benefit for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you were talking earlier about sort of, you know, your journey being, you know, kind of moving beyond being a rapper to thinking more broadly. You know, I always wonder about, um, you know, how, how you think about genre, right? Like I think in some ways, kind of the old days of like, this, you know, these sounds fit into this genre and, and these ones don't, right? I think in some ways that was much easier. Right. Because um, you had pretty, you know, you had guardrails that, um, so, so I wonder when, you know, you're making music that, you know, sort of defies genre or, or incorporates multiple genres. I don't know, I, you know, I'm curious how you think about that and like, how do you, what guardrails do you set for yourself then if it's not you know 808 sounds or or whatever right like yeah i mean i i have one hard and fast rule don't don't touch country no <laughs> no <Okay. laughs> i i i i've actually i i try not to think about genre at all i know it's like a, a contentious debate amongst people who who fuck with music but like for me personally unless i have to talk about it in genre terms when i'm creating i don't think about genre i think about sound and okay. i think um like cool maybe i'm rapping here but maybe it's like a salsa beat or something like does that make it a rap song or does that make it a salsa song if i mm -hmm. focus on that too much then i'm going to put rules on myself that may compromise the product you know mm -hmm. so i think about sound and i think about um archiving and 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 pulling from from different archives so especially on the record like i needed i needed to tell a narrative i needed to to move things along and i needed to do so in a way that was most organic and true to the material and i don't know mm -hmm. if i could have done that with just rap songs i don't know if i could have done that with just rock songs you know sure, like it, sure. it it all sprung from a well of like authentic inspiration so on day by day uh the the reference for that was like lucid dreams by the late juice world and mm -hmm. i was like oh this is perfect like this is the same like story i'm trying to tell and and there's already like kind of like a template for it so like why not i just trust that and then yeah. you move on you get like softer material you get too fucking cocky like like you just kind of you just kind of play it by ear and there's a bunch mm -hmm. of artists that i listened to that that definitely showed me a bit how to do so and how to do it right so i was fortunate in that regard yeah definitely no i mean i, I look i think it's really interesting i i don't i think we're in a time when all those rules are being rewritten Right. And, and, you know, the music industry for a hundred something years was based on either radio formats 
or what section of the record store you were supposed to go to to find what you're going to like right and and you know in the physical in that in that record business you had to pick one right because you had to make things easier for for consumers for programmers for all of that right and now we don't have that and i think you know it's interesting to hear you talk about you know you you do have to give yourself some rules. Otherwise, you know, there's this infinity to pull from and you could kind of like never finish a project because, you know, you're always just exploring. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like cooking, like you, you wouldn't put hot sauce in a birthday cake, you know, you, you follow, sure. you follow what right. you can, but then you also, you got to mix it up. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what is, you said there's a narrative to the, to the record. So tell me about that. What's the story and, and, and how and and you know I'm sure I'm sure you re- recorded a lot of songs that aren't on the record, uh, I assume. And so how do you, you know? Tell me about that process of of shaping the narrative and deciding what fits and what doesn't. Absolutely. Um. So so my my first art like creative background is writing. Um. I was just like always writing like poems and stories and whatnot. So of mm-hmm. course for my debut I wanted to includes some sort of like narrative and it follows it follows a lot of 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 events that are inspired by things that have happened to me but it also draws from things that have happened to people I know and love things that I've heard just like inclinations or or thoughts that I've you know had and pondered um and it's basically telling the story of someone who who doesn't honestly believe in himself and, and who's sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into like uh, a despair, so to speak, uh, which I think is super relatable. I think we've all had like those rock bottom spiral moments. Um, sure. But it's juxtaposed by uh, the, the, the voice. And that's where, that's where the line gets blurry because it is my actual grandma speaking on the record. Um, and it's, it, she's saying, really uplifting positive you know motivational things while all of this like downturn is taking place so it's kind of like if i could i don't know if this is on video but it's like i'm going down here and then she's keeping me up here um and and yeah it kind of all resolves in the end with this like declaration of 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 relatability like on I, I think the track itself is similar road it's like look like you're not alone here i've done this myself like i've been here um yeah. you're gonna be okay no matter how far down you went like there's an up you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not all down mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i mean i'm leaving it a lot up to interpretation the album means something real like specific to me but in having conversations about it i'm realizing it means so much to so many other people that i'm just like sure. hands off about it you know i mean i think that's what great art is supposed to do right it's it's allows people to enter that world and and translate it into whatever it means for them um absolutely i agree nice um so shift gears a little bit. I know you're also doing stand-up comedy. I watched some of it on your, on your YouTube. Um, uh, tell me about those, doing those two things, you know, music and comedy at the same time. I'm, you know, I'm curious, what do you learn? What are you learning from one that you're using in the other? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're not that different. 
uh, I, I, I love I love getting this question because I feel like I get to blow the lid on like whistle blow on 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 the <laughs> comedy and and music at the same time. But okay. different, you know, uh, performance is performance. Uh, you put a mic in my hand. I got to do something right. Um, and and with comedy, timing is everything. I will say that like comedic timing and musical timing are, are have a lot to learn from each other, you know. Um, so with comedy, give me, give, give me an example. Sure, okay. with with comedy, you you gotta you gotta set up a joke in such a way that acknowledges the spacing between your response and 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 the set and that setup itself, you know, like the punchline and setup. Um, and in the in that like air in that like you know space between you have a captive audience. They're waiting for you to say what you're going to say. So how does that translate over to music? It, it's the same thing like, like a buildup and a drop. You have a captive audience waiting to hear what's going to happen. So, so um, the choices you make in both situations, whether you fake them out, whether you, you pop the balloon, whether you actually give them that release, like you're going to have different effects and you're going to have different... Um, you're going to have different reactions to those things and just being cognizant of those possible reactions um, makes them very, very similar, you know, and also charisma. You got to be a charismatic, charismatic person if you want to succeed on a stage. Sure. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, uh, I am curious, you're, you're, you're doing comedy under the name Reggie B and then music under the name Toby, right? Yep. Um, why? Why separate those two? Is there is there an upside, a downside? Is, is that something you thought about? It, it is. Um, so obviously Reggie B is just the name I go by. Um, mm -hmm. And I looked, obviously at Donald Glover, Childish Gambino was one of my, you know, creative, you know, yep. stars. So I saw the merit in that he could do really whatever he wanted uh, as long as he made it easy for people to understand, like if you go to a childish Gambino show and he starts like acting, you're going to be a little thrown off, even though it's the same person behind bowls, sure. you know? And yep. same, like, I mean, I, I did see him in concert and he did a little bit of freestyle at the end, but like, right. Donald Glover does stand up, you know, uh, or, right. or he acts and, and whatnot. So I thought segmenting it in that way, would just make it easier for other people to understand. I could do either as both or mm -hmm. it makes sure. no difference to me. It's the same right. shit. No, that makes sense. I, I, I think it's so interesting. And we were talking about it earlier, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, but I, I think, you know, I, I'm fascinated that we have so much trouble understanding that music is, is fictional. Right, even when it's autobiographical, it's yeah. always you know, like you said before, it's a version of yourself, or it's a it's a narrative that you're putting out, and we get that with actors, we get that with you know, we don't get that with musicians. We don't. It, it's so hard for us to understand that these lyrics that you're saying that you may or may not have even written is not just you speaking, you know, the literal truth of your life. Yeah, and we, have, we have such a hard time with that. And, and like I said, I do, too, because I, you know, I see my favorite artists 
saying something or doing something that feels off character and I'm all mad about it. And yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. No, I totally hear you. I think I think uh there's a there's a certain sanctity with which we hold musicians. For sure. Uh, and it's it's kind of why like a lot of people get upset when they have opinions on the internet, you know? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, we hold them with we have a sanctity for them. It's like, you know, right. you're this person you're supposed to be this person all the time so they're right. kind of just stuck in that in that yeah. so i like yeah. doing the reggie b stuff because it gives me a break yeah that's cool so you talked about gambino is is that are you following is there a model for what you're trying to do is it is it him or are there others that you look to for inspiration or, oh, or are you still or is it still one foot in front of the other and kind of make it up as you go I mean, I feel like at this point, uh, I'm a little too old to make it up. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta have a plan. But okay. um, Gambino, Gambino's north star. Like, I, 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 I don't, I'm not trying to copy or emulate or do sure. what he's doing. But yeah. he's the person that I've seen since I was 16, and and he was like 26. Like, I like he when when he was my age now, essentially, um, make it work. So. Mm-hmm in what he did and what he's doing, there's definitely a lot to draw from while I write my own story. Um, But yeah, there's him, Will Smith, obviously there's, there's a bunch of actors who rap and a bunch of rappers who act and whatnot. Um, More than I think we care to name, but you got to have a plan. And, and the plan for now is do it all at once make people comfortable with that i'm i'm gonna do everything at once so nice yeah so tell me about that what is what's the next year look like oh man i mean work has been good i'm 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 booking i'm playing shows i'm doing stand-up i'm writing i uh i actually got the chance to write for a sketch comedy series that uh premiered on youtube which was awesome so more more gigs like that What's the, um, what's the call? Uh, I mostly blame myself. I'm in the second episode as a co-writer oh, okay. talent. Yeah, um, nice. And and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be, I don't want to say more of the same, but because the scale and the level are, are going to increase, but it's kind of that. It's, it's more of the same. It's more music. It's more acting. It's more stand-up. It's more yeah. writing. It's more, maybe I'll start directing. You never know. These opportunities kind of, come up out of nowhere so mm-hmm. definitely that's definitely want to set myself up for tour that's that's a goal yeah for sure absolutely so um you mentioned collaboration and i know you know we talked a little bit about the label you know we met through your publicist um you know i saw in your I was, you know on your instagram your manager agent you know it's a big team yeah around <laughs> you um tell me about that because you know one of the things that always fascinates me is i think when you're building a career like yours you're the ceo right and you're thrust into running building a business that is you know ultimately you're also the product but you're also the the one who runs this business and you got to you know surround yourself with the right people we've heard all the horror stories of people who surround themselves with the wrong people right um, or or how those relationships can suffer so tell me about that like uh, how you, you know, how you think about collaboration in that context and, and with that team and how you rely on them for certain things or don't. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, number one thing I look for 
uh, whenever I choose to work with anybody is, is their care level. Uh, I learned, I learned the hard way that when you work with people who might not care, that'll make everything else suffer because it's mm-hmm. shaky ground to depend on. It's, it's unstable, just like feelings all around. Yes. Yeah. So more than anything, I, I look for people who, who care about what I'm doing, who know about what I'm doing and can like talk about it, you know, efficiently and, and who want to, to elevate it. Um, luckily I've found a team of people who do just that. Um, nice. and, and in regards to like being the product and being the, being the boss, my most recent, uh, you know, development that I, I'm still admittedly still struggling with is learning to let go and trust in the ideas of people that, that aren't me. Um, that's difficult for anybody, especially when you're working with stuff that's super close to your heart, but, uh, they're there for a reason and, and they're competent and, and they're talented, just like I like to think I am. So is there, is there something you can think of that that's been tough to let go of that you had to, had to figure out how to do? A lot of it is the image stuff. A lot of it is the, you know, like we gotta, we gotta think about the presentation of this. Cause I'm, I'm a pretty easy going dude. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm realistically, I, I like my shit. In my like you're literally in my room right now like yeah very easygoing dude um and for me the creativity and the artistry has always been forefront like utmost like like I never felt like prioritizing the packaging of what I was doing you know Mm -hmm. I thought it would speak for itself but that's Mm -hmm. largely unrealistic and I know that like I carry that within my heart before I got signed I was working with that mentality and it was just sure because it's saturated you know yeah. you gotta stand out and you gotta set yourself apart so yeah I mean I think that's a really I'm glad you said that because I think it's a big challenge right and and in the sense that you know you're 100% right image matters presentation matters um I like you know I believe there is no such thing as good music or good art. There's only the, the ones that speak to us. And for everybody that's different, right? And, and a lot of it is, is how it's presented to you and, and who you learn about it from and, and what, you know, the, sometimes the visual can catch your eye and then that's what draws you in and now you're in this world and whatever, right? Or you see somebody, you know, dressed a certain way or presenting themselves a certain way and you just relate to it. So I think all that matters. And at the same time, kind of to your point, it has to be presented. It has to be honest to you. Yeah. Right? Like you, you yeah. can't, you can't play a character that's too far away from who you really are. And, you know, or that's not sustainable. No, um, no, no. It becomes a workout every day and then you're going to. Absolutely. It. Yeah. So no, I, that's great. And, and that's actually, you know, the, I, I wish more artists would, rely on their teams as they go through that process because I think it's also really hard to do on your own and maybe Madonna or there's you know there's the rare person who has this vision that's going to carry them for 50 years and they can figure it all out you know by themselves although I think she would say she's got you know the the right team around her oh I wouldn't be surprised you know like here's the thing like uh, especially with the product itself uh, artists are 
almost exclusively doing the heavy lifting there, you know, sure. whether yeah. or not they have their own writers or whatnot, like they're, they're the creative vision behind the mm-hmm. actual product. So to take that exhausting, you know, labor and effort and to say, all right, now you got a concept, all of this other marketing stuff. That's just largely impossible, man. That's, that's largely sure. impossible. There's Absolutely. always a different voice, you know? So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. All right, let me do a quick lightning round before I let you get out of here. Hit me. Um, so, what's your favorite city to travel to? Uh, Chicago. Used to be right. New York. What, what happened? Uh, I went to Chicago twice this year, and I fell in love with it. Oh, okay. Chicago stepped up. New York didn't fall down. Yeah, it was that. It was that, literally. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, who's your favorite DJ? Favorite DJ? Ooh. Uh... I want to say, I'm blanking. I know so many DJs. I'm going to temp answer Questlove. I like how he spins. Questlove's dope. What's the last great book you read or listened to? Last great book uh, I read. Did I have to finish it or could I currently be reading it? American Gods. Neil Gaiman is one of the greatest. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Hot Rod. Fucking love Hot Rod. I love Hot Rod so much. <laughs> nice. Um, who is somebody you've learned a lot from that you haven't met? Hmm. Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, Dominic Fike. Okay. I love I love how he's handling his his whole ordeal. Like he's he's mastermind. I don't know anything about his ordeal. Oh, so, so um, he he finessed like a four million dollar deal out of Columbia okay. with a new project out while nice. while he's kind of locked up. So like, I think that's super impressive. And his handle and understanding of his art and his imagery, he's a phenomenal songwriter. Like all across the board, he's he's definitely someone to learn from for nice. awesome. Um, last one. If I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Bet. <laughs> I said bet. All right. <laughs> nice. Well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. It's so much fun talking with you. Um, everybody listening, check out the spree and check out the comedy and check out, you know, we'll be following everything you're doing. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was Toby on Rebel Radio. Make sure you check out Lespree out on Magnetic Moon Records. Check out uh, his comedy under Reggie B on YouTube. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.